Hey, I'm Callie Pierce, a multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, coach, RTT hypnotherapist, and healer from way back before it was cool. It's my mission here to help share what I've learned on my own journey to inspire, entertain you, and help you to focus to create authentically, monetize your work strategically, and find your flow because this world needs more of what you have to offer. Are you ready? Good. Let's go to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Liberate Your Soul. Today is a video episode, so if you want to head on over to YouTube and check out what I look like today on a weekend with nearly no makeup and um, just hanging out in my office, I just got done with a client session and I'm feeling amazing. In fact, I poured myself a glass of wine, but it's nearly gone. That's okay. Who drinks and does a podcast? I do. Yep, it's true. Today, I'm going to embark on a big ass message, which is probably why I decided to have a glass of wine beforehand, because it's a huge topic. And we're going to talk all about, how do I say, radical awareness, but in a many perspective type of way, we're going to look at it from a way of what the humans want to identify with, radical self-acceptance, pigeonholing, and uh, identity of who we think we are, and limiting beliefs. Because let's face it, I'm a coach, so I help people with limiting beliefs. So one of the limiting beliefs is that you can't drink wine and do a podcast successfully. Well, guess what, guys? It's happening. I definitely have been on a healing journey for most of my adult life in different capacities, one or another, and now is no like extraordinary time. Like I am still constantly working on my mind, on my heart, on my soul, on being in touch with my higher self, like all the woo-woo stuff and really trying to be the best person that I can be in the world. In fact, I used to have a valet driver. Um, Go figure, right? Who knew this podcaster used to be uh, shuttled around in a, a town car? But they told me once, like, if you're like this, then I can't imagine you at age 60. And I was like, well, that's very complimentary because they meant it in a nice way. And we would have a lot of philosophical discussions and you know who you are. I love you so very much. And I miss having you in my life. But today we're going to talk about limitations with radicalness and identity forged on this earth. I'm going to endeavor to talk about the duality nature of man versus creator, right? Or not creator, but I guess not versus, but um, just really what we think in our mind because our brains are limited. And we're going to talk about the things that you think you can and can't do based on a lack of self-awareness, right? There's a duality in all things. There's two ends of the stick, right? And there's light versus dark. There's hot versus cold. There's beingness with not beingness and all of those things. So when we are young, when we're teenagers, oftentimes our view of the world is constricted. We know what's presented to us. We have the environment that we grew up in. And we have our desires. We are told that we can do anything, so we want to do anything. 
And many teenagers that I know almost are, and young adults, very young adults, are at a disadvantage here because they're not yet exposed to enough of the world to know true limitations of what is possible, but they also kind of have a tunnel vision. So they're so focused on their mission and their goal at the moment, and sometimes for years, but they fail to look at how that impacts the rest of the world outside of them. So one of the beliefs is that teenagers are selfish, right? But as an adult and as I mature, I realize that the more we truly do fill ourselves up and have this beautiful um, uh, reaching out to the highest self, like my needs are met, I'm able to truly you know, not worry about whether there's wine in the glass or how the car is going to run or what nutritional foods I'm eating, the less I worry about that stuff and I have more to give the world at large, right? So when we're young, we often just, as we're growing up, like the mind forms this sort of, I need this, this is what I have to do in order to survive. And some people get stuck in that, right? Some people really get stuck in that scarcity mentality. They're constantly climbing and clawing and doing all the backstabby corporate ladder type things. But then there's you, right? Who's listening to this podcast, who knows that there's so much more to this universe. There's so much more connectivity and unity in the beingness of having a human experience that to uh, just keep yourself limited to some material plane or like 3D, as they say, is, is limiting the world and not giving your true gifts to the world and not allowing yourself to express in the best way. So you all know that I meditate every day. You know, I don't think I meditate on Saturdays unless I have the opportunity now that I'm thinking about it, but I meditate six days a week. I've been doing it since I was 14 years old and really trying to gain that letting go of what is. <laughs> it kept me sane throughout years of uh, mental, emotional, and physical abuse, and it just has served me so well. And I'm sure that's why my former valet driver is like, you're so self-aware. I'm like, well, I try, right? Um, I really put a conscious effort toward it. But when the Hinduism um, expression of neti neti, which is not this, not this, or you can say not this, not that, comes into play, it's part of like the beginner's journey of a type of meditation that I actually, part of me, I did when I was, I want to say in my 20s, um, after I'd been meditating for a long time. But looking at what I am or I am not is about looking at the non-dual reality. It's taking everything that you perceive. You can meditate with your eyes open. Yes, it still counts. Um, looking at what you perceive in front of you and giving it a label and also removing that label and giving it an ability to be a part of your conscience, consciousness and removing it from your consciousness. So one of the exercises I remember doing was like, netty, netty, th not this, not this. And you picture, like with your eyes closed, you picture your head, okay? You picture your head floating on your body and you're like, this is my head, this is me right here in this box. 
but you take your head off your physical head and your mind, you just like remove it and you replace it with whatever you can see in front of you once you open your eyes. So for instance, I might say the microphone is right here. So I might say, not this, not this. So I am not my head and I am not this microphone. So you put your microphone in the place of your head and you just ponder that for a while and you let your mind kind of like ruminate and chew it over like a way too chewy steak. And you just like, you're like, what is this microphone doing on my head? What am I even doing? <laughs> this is a dumb exercise, right? But that's the mind's judgment. If you do it over and over and over and over again for multiple days, weeks, even months, and you say, not this, not this, you can take your kitchen table and you can put it here and it reduces and eliminates the reality of the object and of you as objectifying things and of you as identifying with this physical body. And it lets go of perception in the brain versus allowing the energy to just flow through you. And then you kind of go through this, okay, let it go. Not this, not this. I am not the table. I am not the microphone. I am not the head hanging on my shoulders. I am, right? You go into the breath and you go into the I amness that is I am throughout the entire world which is a little bit deeper concept than I think I was going to explain in this meditation, but that might be the wine talking. Part of my healing journey um, during that time, and even now, I guess, is working on shadow work. So you've heard me talk before about my mentor, and one of her specialties is working on on shadows, on, on it in a true sense of what shadow work was meant to be back in the 1970s. So um, when we are, so remember, not this, not this, have that in the back of your mind, but when we are, we are existing, we have a self-identity. So you might say, I am a podcaster. I am a ambitious woman. I am a, um, a wife. I am a a partner, a friend, a healer, all these things that I am. And we stand in the presence of what I am, not the things that I am not, but the things that I am. And therefore, the things that I think, my personal beliefs go into being a wife, a healer, a ambitious woman, all of those things are like my, my pride, right? I stand there in ego self and I want to be the embodiment of these things. But what I'm not doing is acknowledging the things that I am not in contrast to that, the duality nature of it. So if I say I am ambitious, I am not lazy. If I say I am a wife, I say I am not a single woman going out on dates. If I say I am a, um, like a partner, then I am not all on my own, right? So looking at those things, that's a very simplistic uh, model of shadow work, but let's just take one of them, the ambitious woman that I believe myself to be, and let's break it down, okay? So if I'm really, you can think of a circle, there's a bubble, there's me inside the circle as an ambitious woman, maybe you as an ambitious human, whatever you are, woman, man, he, them, it, whatever, you are ambitious. 
So everything that goes into ambitious, driven, motivated, disciplined, um, focused, all those things that go into that bubble of ambitious, like whatever your mind perceives it to be, those are the things your mind wants to focus on as a self-identity. Therefore, you can see things, not see things rather, you will deny the existence of the things that you are not. The netty netty, the not this, not this. So you will say, I am not lazy, I am not scattered, I am not um, undisciplined or unmotivated, I am not lackadaisical or non-focused in anything because I am ambitious, right? So when you have a shadow, you tend to, uh, unlike Peter Pan, who sews it onto his feet, it goes away from you and therefore everything that you are not, you reject. You say, I'm not that. So when you see it in another human being, it feels like awful. You're like, no, that's not me. That's not like me and I don't like it, okay? So a lot of types of people in this world want to uh, stick to that, right? Especially with law of attraction. They want to stick to all the things in the good, bright, shiny, ambitious, great area and ignore what is not. And therefore, if something creeps in, they have this negative, awful feeling about it and they push it away and they don't allow it to exist or become a part of them. You know, ew, don't get any of that germy non-me on me, right? I don't like it. So they have a... Um, incongruence because there are parts of us that are the opposite of what we identify with. Now, I have studied different types of personality and different identifiers, different classifications of systems for years. It's just a part of my curiosity, who I am. It's a part like just as much as I enjoy theology and philosophy and <laughs> so that kind of funny philosophy and all sorts of things, I enjoy looking at um, the self, the id, right, in who it is uh, psychologically from the lens of multiple types of things. Let me explain. So there's Enneagram, which I've studied for over a decade. There's Myers-Briggs personality, which I have no idea anything about. There's a DISC assessment. There's human design. There's astrological signs and probably about 50 more that I didn't name off. But all of these are ways of being identified or um, shining brightly through what you think you are. Like, who do you think you are? I think I'm a Sagittarius. I think I'm an Enneagram type seven. I think I am more of a, um, I don't even know what the DISC assessment is. <laughs> like, I can't tell you the numbers, but I know I'm more collaborative, okay? Um, therefore, I am not a... Taurus. I am not an Enneagram type. No, I am a type three in my tri-type. Anyways, I'm not an Enneagram type nine. I'm not um, uh, any of those other things. However, if we look at ourselves through those lenses of just this type of assessment, like, you know, human design, I'm a generator and I'm a certain type of profile type. I can understand it all day long, but if I say I am not anything but this, I'm pigeonholing myself and not allowing myself to have the greatest experience that I can, right? So astrologically speaking, let's just talk about that. I'm Sagittarius, my sun sign. I have 
um, Aries rising and I have a Taurus moon, I think. I think it's a Taurus moon. Um, I'll have to check with my girlfriend, but I'm pretty sure that's what I am. And therefore, I am not confined to just behaving or acting like a Sagittarius. There's nuances. There's um, certain ways of being this way. Do I sometimes have the work uh, ethic of a Virgo? You bet. I am not just flighty, right? Do I sometimes have the um, friendship attracting ability of a Libra? Yeah. I mean, I am a human design generator, for goodness sakes. Let's look at it from that perspective, right? There's so many things that we can self-identify with that um, limit us, okay? So when we have these identifiers and when we have these, I'll say, disidentifiers, the shadow parts of ourselves, we typically tend to behave in ways that support those ways of being, okay? If you're someone like me who's meditated for so many years, you probably are aware that there's a greater awareness than just the ego self who wants to uh, understand, be, believe, embody all of these types of ways of being. But if you're not, for sake of argument, if you're just now kind of stumbling onto the self-awareness path, the healing path, the woo-woo journey, (laughs) I'm going to share with you a little bit about what they can do, what the pigeonholing does, the drawbacks or disadvantages of it. So if you say that I am um, an ambitious woman and I am not ever lazy, because of that identifier, because of that belief, you're going to have a hard time allowing yourself to relax, right? Because sitting around and doing nothing drinking wine on a Saturday, like that is not something a lazy or an ambitious person would do. That's somebody, something a lazy person would do. Look at me. I'm thinking about wine and my words are stumbling. That's hilarious. So if I identify with being someone who is uh, well off or rich, then I'm not going to want to wear like holy sweatpants or, um, you know, not wash my face or or not uh, do any of the types of things that identify as someone less than well-to-do, put together, having the, the advantages in their life that they can have, right? I'm never going to want to do that. One of the things that we can do to identify our limiting beliefs. Like, what do you think about yourself, right? Even if you don't know anything about any of the personality types or astrological signs or any of that stuff, and this is all like Greek to you, you still have beliefs about yourself. I I guarantee it. Every single human being on the planet, even the most self-aware, self-actualized, realized person still thinks that they are or aren't something, right? I believe that I have transportation to get somewhere, so you're probably not gonna take the bus, right? If you have your own self-mode of transportation. It's it's how you behave in the parameters of what you think to be true, because a belief is nothing more than something that you take on as truth. You believe it as a fact. So I wanna give you some, uh, like a little exercise to do that helps you to work on your self-belief, to work on your awareness of self, what you're truly 
uh, being motivated by, how you might limit yourself, and things that might be self-sabotaging. Because truly, it doesn't matter about any of that other stuff, like Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, DISC, or um, astrology. None of that stuff really matters, human design even. It's just an interesting way to pursue a lens of perspective of viewing the world. Would someone who is radicalized in their belief that this is how it is say that I'm wrong? You betcha. And I'm probably going to get like pushback on this, but that's okay. I want you to become the most aware and um, capable and able human that you can be because it's, it's really fun to look at the limits and adjust yourself to match what is possible, okay? And I want to challenge you and say that anything is possible, even if you're a a cancer sign, you can control your emotions, right? Um, No matter what it is, like you have the ability to contradict popular opinion, okay? So I'm going to share with you this exercise on adjusting your self-belief and identifying limiting beliefs and smashing them to bits because that's what we can do. Like that's how we can get to be the best that we can be. So I want for you to go ahead and, you know, save this episode or do what you need to do. You can pause it, save it for later. You can listen back, put it on your play next list, whatever it is. And just note the time because this is truly an exercise for you to do with paper and pen. If you're driving, if you're running, whatever. Like I listen to podcasts constantly when I'm on the go. So I just want to give you that little precursor here. You might say to yourself, I can or I can't do this. And it, it subconsciously. But this is a conscious exercise to get at the subconscious. Okay? So I want you to write down... I don't know, five or 10 things that you really want in your life. You might truly think that, like, the sky's the limit here. You can say anything whatsoever that you want to do, but um, the important thing is you want it, okay? So write down, for me, I did this exercise and I just had enough time to write down like seven things that I wanted and just really write down, it could be any area of your life, your health, your wealth, your relationships, your life experiences. It could be travel. It could be adventure. It could be like anything. Okay. Maybe it's learn a foreign language, whatever personal development thing you want to do. So I'm just going to give you the very first uh, thing on my list. And I'm going to be like radically vulnerable here because it's been something that I talk about on the podcast a lot. And I'm still struggling with it, which is really funny as a coach and a mindset and a hypnotherapist, somebody who understands the mind. When you're too close to the thing, when it's your mind, Sometimes it can be hard to have awareness, and this exercise will give you awareness. So first part of the exercise, write down the things you want. You can The, the number is limitless. You can write 100 things. You can write 10 things. You can write 50 things. Any number, you can write seven, as I did. So my very first thing on my list is to be fit and increase energy levels. I wrote that down, and then the next thing you're going to do is write down all the actions that you need to take and need to cut out, not take, in order to reach that goal. Sounds simple, but you have to put it into practice in order to get your mind kind of in that order. Like, I trust me, I have overthought this thing to death. Like, if it was in the oven, it'd be smoking and on fire by now. But it was in my brain, and I needed to write it down on paper in order to understand and identify what was limiting me from being fit 
and increasing my energy levels. So I'm not by any means like overweight, um, but I want the muscle tone and definition I had when I was in my early 20s and I was lifting weights. So like, what's the deal? Why am I not doing it? So the next step of writing down everything you need to do to get closer to your goal, no matter what that goal is. So for me, I needed to work out, right? Clearly, if I want muscle definition, I need to lift weights. That's just the way the world works right now. I need to manage my mindset and emotions because I am aware that my mindset and my emotions impact my belief, my desire, my energy level. And I need to visualize. For me, a key element of getting in the best shape of my life when I could like rival anybody on any music video was when I was visualizing myself in the size of clothes that I wanted with the muscle tone. I wanted those tiger stripes on my shoulders. Like I wanted to be in hella good shape, right? And so I did that every single day when I was reaching that goal way back when. Things that I don't need to do or things that I need to cut out doing in order to achieve this goal are have sweets especially late at night. Like if I get, you know, my husband has such a sweet tooth, so he's always like, let's have cookies. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. And then he bring makes cookies and they smell good. And I'm like, I'll have one. <laughs> um, and I like ice cream too uh, on a hot summer day. Uh, the second thing would be worry. Like, don't worry. Cut out worrying about it, right? Because the more you worry, the more cortisol is produced in your body and the less likely you are to in this instance, be physically fit. And number three is wine. So you see that there's not much wine in this glass. Well, I only have about two ounces at a time, so I'm not too worried about it. But I feel, and it's a belief that I have, that wine impacts my ability to get fit. And it makes perfect sense, right? So alcohol can be used, but shouldn't be like a part of a healthy, balanced diet. Like they never say that. I don't know where the wine food group is, but we need to talk to some people. So the next step is to write down why you're not doing those things, okay? So I'm gonna go ahead and just run through this for myself on my own list. Again, giving you a real life example so that you can see how it might work for you, okay? So why don't I work out? Well, I'm afraid that there's not enough time, okay? I get up at like 5.15 in the morning and sometimes I'm working till 10 o'clock at night and I'm afraid that I can't fit it in. I'm afraid of missing time with my husband. I'm afraid of the money it would cost to hire a personal trainer. And I, I have overcome those in the past. I have gone up even earlier in the morning and started to run in the morning. I've cut out carbs. I've done all the things that I need to do and the needle didn't move. Like the scale, the clothes, the muscle tone, all that stuff didn't uh, didn't shift and I felt pain in my mind and my body and my life because I was more tired having gotten up earlier and I was frustrated because my efforts went to, I, I say quote, waste, but they didn't. Um, the next thing is, uh, energy is lacking. I'm so tired, but I combated that because when you work out, like first thing in the morning, you get the endorphins, you get all that stuff going and you feel good in your body throughout the day, throughout your life. 
And you actually increase your stamina, you increase your energy by working out. So that's kind of a contrasting or incongruent thought. So it creates resistance in my mind and in my body. And I'm stuck in this in-between place. Like I need more energy. I need to work out. Working out makes me get up earlier. So I'm going to be more tired, but working out is going to give me more energy but I don't have the energy to work out. So you can see that kind of inconsistency in the thought. So behind that thought is a belief that working out makes me more tired because what do my actions prove? My actions prove I'm not doing it. So my actions prove the belief that I more strongly believe that working out is gonna make me more tired, okay? The next um, argument, and I'm going to challenge you, whatever you say, you think, I'm going to challenge you to find the opposite, the counterbalance to that argument. So I said I would um, miss out on time with my husband, okay? So I wrote down, I can work out with my husband. Like, I don't know about you if you've ever had a workout partner or a training buddy or an accountability partner, or whatever you want to call it, or even your spouse that you work out with. But it's so much fun. It is so much fun to work out together and to get that like high, whether you're lifting weights or running or, you know, if it's a leg day even, you're like cheering each other on. You're like, come on, our legs are going to be jelly when we walk out of this place. It's going to be so much fun. So I know that my thought of missing out on time with my husband, it's false. It's fake. It's a limiting belief. I can throw that thought out the door because If I work out with my husband, I'm spending time with him and it's quality good time too. It's not just eating ice cream and cookies, right? Um, The endorphins are going to be there. I'm going to have much more energy. It's going to be amazing. The last part was um, like visualizing and not allowing myself to, um, to see it. Okay. That's part of the duality nature of this. So I know what it takes to visualize myself as a fit and thin and, you know, in shape kind of toned person, but I am seeing myself as overweight, as not fitting in my clothes the way I want to, as getting a little pillowy or soft on the edges. And I don't like that, right? So I'm like constantly focusing on what I'm not versus what I want to be and what I will become if I take the action toward doing the thing that's going to reach my goal. So I'm going to challenge you and say, you know, what about what you believe, your thoughts, your limitations is becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy? Are you telling yourself that you're never going to get the promotion at work so you never take on extra work assignments because it's never going to happen anyway? If you said instead, I can get that promotion if I want it, like it's mine for the taking, are you going to give more effort to take on the extra projects at work, right? Ooh, kind of crazy. What is it that you're actually believing that's impacting every action? Do you think that people aren't going to like you so you don't speak up? in a crowd of people, even friends. You're like, eh, they don't really like me anyways, so I'm gonna be really quiet. And therefore, they don't know who you are because you haven't demonstrated it to them. You haven't shown your genuine, authentic self. I just wanna give you more and more and more like fuel for 
burning that fire towards your goals and desires because I know what it's like to not meet them. I know what it's like to feel like you're uh, lonely, right? I know what it's like to feel um, afraid, uncertain about the future, financial scarcity. Clearly, I just talked about being fit or not fit. I know what it's like to not reach your goal, okay? Because 99% of the time you have a goal, you don't have it met. It's not, like it, a goal becomes an accomplishment once it's done. And I'm telling you, by doing this exercise, you will absolutely see why you are either taking action or not taking action towards that goal and how accomplishable it is. Is that a word? I think I just made a word. How um, attainable it is, right? So hopefully this helps you and you can really write down those things. Write down your goals. Write down what you're not doing and what you need to not do to get there. And then identify what your beliefs are underneath. So the last step is to contrast those beliefs and then make a plan for doing the things, right? Make a workout plan. So I literally just today had a conversation with my husband about maybe we don't go and get a gym membership because I felt like somewhere in my mind, like that would be selfishly for me. Like my belief is like, I'm just gonna go and he's gonna not go. And so maybe we get a home gym. Maybe we get something that we can have it be more convenient, easier, and do it together. And undoubtedly, by a month from now, I'm going to be singing a different tune about this particular topic. But um, getting at the heart of my beliefs was really the root of uncovering why it's not happening for me and why I have resistance against it too. So I want you just to really look at yourself Um, become aware, become aware of what you're believing, what you're thinking, how you're acting in relation to those beliefs, and then make a plan and move forward. So you all know by now I am a life coach and business coach, and I do uh, subconscious hypnotherapy work with people who really have beliefs that they can't consciously do. Like if this is challenging for you and you're like, I'm not picking up a pen and paper to save my life. Um, I do subconscious sessions with people where I am the one facilitating and helping you uncover those things that you believe and that are stopping you from reaching your good life, right? The one thing that you think you need to get happiness, we uncover why you're not getting that thing and why you're unhappy. And it's my pleasure to offer these sessions, whether you choose to do one session or you want to do the six-week healing intensive where we really look at your whole life and we encompass like the whole broad uh, thinking pattern and all the things that you are self-sabotaging and holding yourself back from from reaching. And so head on over to www.quantumhighways.com, book yourself a discovery call with me, and we'll find out like what the next steps are and how you can work with me. Because I like I literally just got off of a call with a client that She had things that she had no idea. She was cloudy and fuzzy in the beginning. And by the end of our call, an intensive call, again, it's healing intensives. We, she's like, I feel like a new woman. I feel like 
the picture of the three women and it, she's the woman in the middle from maiden to mother and able to move forward with clarity, with ease, confidence, and looking forward to her new beginning. And I want that for you. Whether you're, you know, woman and mother or a man and father, um, brother, sister, lover, you name it, whatever identity you have, I want to bring awareness to what you think you're not so that you can become limitless, so that you can become unstoppable and you can help yourself with this process for anything. It's not limited to just, you know, weight or business. Like you can help yourself find the love of your life by uncovering these uh, beliefs, whatever it is, and it, it's just a beautiful process. Again, you can write down as many goals as you want. I have many on mine and um, uncover those beliefs and get rid of them. So have yourself the best week. Again, if you want to work with me, you can either email me at info at quantumhighways.com or you can head on over to www.quantumhighways.com. Thanks again for spending time with me, and I hope this shines a little bit more light on your self-awareness. We'll talk soon. 